Welcome back to another episode of Weird and Wacky World with Oat, Queeks, and Cha, the, the Jabber Guys. Well, it's uh, that time of year again, and it seems that everyone is looking for some scary movies to watch over over the Halloween season. Well, some people are. I don't like scary, scary. movies. Scary. How come you don't like scary movies? Because you scare the crap out of me. Well, that's the intention. That's what they're supposed to you do. You don't like to be scared? No. Well... No, not by a movie. No. By oh, what then? What do you like to be scared by? <laughs> That's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we've actually compiled uh, a list. We got a list. We weren't going to do a list. We we're just going to yap about, about scary movies, but we compiled a list. We, we probably had about 50 that we originally came up with, but we've uh, narrowed it down to the top 20. Yeah, top 20. Yep. Yeah, And it's the 20 that have impacted us the most over the years like us as individuals so we're not saying this is like the top 20 best down to the sorry that's the wrong order well worst down to the best yeah we go from 20 down to one but yeah well you're right there i saw some of your picks and they're definitely not the best (laughs) (laughs) like i said i haven't seen a lot of scary movies for the guy who doesn't like scary moodies moodies movies (laughs) it was fairly evident yeah well you guys i was even I was tempted to put E.T. down, but I didn't. <laughs> well, because it did scare you, didn't it? It did a little bit. Yeah, he was pretty scary, the little alien. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But anyway, so we, uh, we uh, are going to count them down. Um, starting at 20. Well, starting at 20. And at number, at number 20, we've got, a, we've got a couple of movies that are sharing that spot. Yeah, it's actually a tie at 20 for us. Why is that? Because they weren't actual motion pictures to start off with they were made for tv movies they were shorter yeah they weren't in theaters they started off on tv right right uh cha you got anything to add there i do i have i have a movie (laughs) (laughs) i'd made for tv movie don't tell me yeah made for tv it was made for tv 1975 and it's called the trilogy of terror love it yeah i know i know one of my favorites i know creek creeks watches it all the time oh yeah love that karen black well, Karen Black plays uh, th- plays a different part in three different stories, right? right yes, John? yes, that's right. And you're right. I'll, I'm going to need your help with this one because I know you watch it almost every year. I do. I watched it once when I was younger, and I haven't watched it since. But I remember it. Man, oh man, it scared the crap out of me. But you're talking about one in particular story yes. of the trilogy that I am our favorite, right? I am, and, and it's 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 the last one called. Amelia. Amelia, that's oh, right. Yeah, Amelia. That's right. <laughs> Amelia. I'm trying to forget. <laughs> Is that the one with the little crazy guy? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. That's it. A little, a little, it's like a little, what is he? What he was a warrior. Him? He was actually called the Zuni, Zuni Hunter. Yes. The Zuni Hunter. That's right. He was yeah. about a foot tall. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. classic. Yeah, and I remember he went into the kitchen and armed himself with a steak knife. But man, he knew how to use that knife. He did. He did. Yeah, yeah. It it, it was it was spooky. Now I should mention that we are going to give some spoilers in this countdown. So if you haven't seen these, yeah, uh, that's the way it goes. True. Uh, true. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Like at the end of that one. What did the? Oh, don't don't go right to the end. What are you kidding me? Maybe you know what? Let, let's, let's just set up the story. Like, what's it about? It's about right. Right. Let, let's not. How about if we don't tell any ends of any stories? But there's going to be some spoilers, like you said. But let's not. Tell an end. So we don't want to mention how E.T. ends then. (laughs) E.T. didn't go home then. Just no... Right? Yes, he did. Oh, he's a spoiler. Oh, crap. (laughs) Oh, I see what you're doing. Right. Okay. (laughs) 
So right. in this in this trilogy of terror, the episode Amelia, where did she get this doll from? Are you asking me? I'm asking you. I don't know. It was okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is my movie li- pick. But- here, here's the thing: like she lives alone in this apartment. You, you got to see this movie. She lives alone in her apartment, right? And uh, this package shows up, and it's this little Zuni hunter, and he's wearing this necklace. And then when she opens the box, it says, "Do not remove the necklace." So from much. the Zuni hunter, right? Because, you know, shit'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, and the necklace. She sets him on the coffee table, goes to the kitchen, comes back, and the necklace is there, but he's missing. So was, why didn't she put it back on? Because she couldn't find the little bastard. <laughs> oh, that's scary. Yeah, he, went, he went running and you went... Oh, it is the creepiest thing. You hear these little footsteps. Oh, my... It's really good. Yeah, it is. It is very good. Yes. If you haven't seen it, that's one of our recommendations. That's a great one, H.R. Yes. Yeah, it was well done. The other movie that is tied with this one in spot number 20, another TV movie. Uh, Duel, 1971. I love Duel. Yeah, that was good. Hey, it was a great movie, and it was Steven Spielberg's directorial debut. That's what started his career. Yeah, I remember that one. I mean, the uh, Dennis uh, Weaver played the guy in the car, and he was pursued by a transport truck psycho driver. Yes, out in the middle of the desert, nowhere, miles from nowhere, and he couldn't shake him. That's right. Yeah, that was. That's uh, based on a real story. You know that, eh? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Richard yeah. Richard Matheson is the guy it happened to. He and he wrote a story about it. And uh uh the I think the person that actually found Richard Matheson's story was Steven Spielberg's secretary. Oh. And she's the one that brought it to his attention. Oh. And Spielberg well, loved it. Launched his career. Yeah. Yeah. Actually when he was um when Spielberg was trying to find the right truck. He actually went through a number of them, and he, he picked the Peterbilt because the cab, to him, resembled a face. Uh-huh. So when you see it, like this guy driving, it always makes reference to the rearview mirror that the truck is like really close. That's why he wanted the Peterbilt. Oh, like that's awesome! Face. So and there it, was a there was a casting call for it for the truck. Yes, <laughs> and the Peterbilt got it. Yeah, that's awesome. And it never does show the driver's face. It's just nope. a shadowy figure yep. in the driver's seat. Never shows his face. Oh. Actually, Dustin Hoffman was considered for. Um, for David Mann? Oh, yeah, he was considered. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, for the role that Dennis Weaver played? He would have been good in that. Yeah, he would have been good in that. Coming off of, uh, what, The Graduate and amongst other things, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would have right. been good. Yeah. All right, so that's uh, that's our tie at 20. Good, good two good flicks. Yeah. Yeah. 19. Oh, The Entity. Have you guys ever seen The Entity? I don't think yes. I have. Yeah, The Entity as uh, starring Barbara Hershey. Here, the scary thing about The Entity is that it's based on a true story. True That's the actual events. Yeah. What, year, what year was that? 1982. 1982. 1982. And you know what? Uh, in the movie, it portrays uh, what it's about. It's about this uh, entity or demon, whatever you want to call it, and it's, uh, it rapes Barbara Hershey. And she's a mother of four kids, and the kids are abused too, not like that, but... Uh, the, the scenes are so creepy yes. when she's in bed and then you can see the imprints on her body, like the fingers imprints. And, uh, it's, it's freaky, man. This may seem far fetched, but the concept of spectral rape, that's what they call it, goes back to the time of ancient Greek literature and modern scientists have tied this phenomenon to sleep paralysis. 
So you're saying spectral rape is being raped by ghosts or entities? Oh, yeah. It's a real thing in the paranormal community. It's freaky. But the fact is, based on true story, the real story that happened to the real woman, um, there were actually three demons. In the movie, there's only one. But in, in the, the real story is three of them. Uh, two smaller demons and a larger demon. Two of them would hold her down, and the large one would uh, take advantage of her. Yes. Nasty. That is nasty. Actually, that was Doris Bither. That was her real name. Yeah, that was her real name. And she was haunted by that till the day she died. So this is based on a real story. Well, it's a real story. Absolutely. And they... You know, that's what makes these even creepier, to think that there's an element that it actually happened. Those are the scary movies to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The sci-fi ones that, you know, are crazy are scary, but not as crazy as things that hit close to home. Oh, yeah, man. And the thing is, when she, she moved around and she tried to escape this thing, thinking that the house was haunted, but wherever she went, it followed. So it wasn't uh, the house. And the house is still still there in California. And uh, apparently, people that have lived there say that nothing's ever happened. So the demon actually was following her around. Well, they and they say, say they say the demons attach themselves to a person. Well, they said that. Well, first of all, she had a she had a drinking problem. Well, that explains a lot. She had a drinking problem. Bingo. And, and <laughs> exactly. No, some suggest that uh, the reason she was targeted is she had some kind of she had some kind of psychic ability. So that uh, made her a threat to the demons. Uh, in any case, uh, Martin Scorsese apparently loved the film and put it uh, as number four on his list of eleven scariest movies he's seen. Anyway, yeah. recommend it. Number Great. nineteen. Nineteen. The entity down yeah. to number eighteen now. A list would not be complete without having oh, I love our this. buddy Stephen King. There he is. Right? So, yes. Shaw, you actually put this one on the list. This was my pick. Yeah. 1983, Cujo. Cujo. Gotta love Cujo. <laughs> you gotta put Cujo in there. Oh, yeah. So the premise is that uh, this big, lovable St. Bernard goes rabid. Oh, he goes rabid. He, uh, he's, he, at the beginning, he's chasing a rabbit down a, uh, down a hole sticks his head in there and gets bitten by a bat, a rabid bat. Right. And then this woman and her son, and her son just happens to have asthma, mm-hmm. uh, get trapped in their car and Cujo's surrounding their car and won't let them out of the car. Oh, yeah. And now the car doesn't work and they can't move and now she's got to get out because her son needs medicine. Uh, it's pretty intense. Should have gotten that tune-up. They could actually got a lot of awards as well. Um, D. D. Wallace was in that, right? D. Wallace. D. Wallace. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. What what awards? Uh, Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films nominee, nineteen eighty four, uh, Best Horror Film, uh, the winner of the was it the Fantasporto winner? <laughs> Did I say that right? Cat catch your tongue? Yeah, I, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it won a number of, of awards. Uh, awesome. Fantasy Film Award eighty seven. Um, actually, oh, uh, Young Artist Awards nominee for Best Young Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture. That was uh, Danny Cantaro. So which 19... went on to which went on to the TV show Who's the Boss? He no. was yeah, he was the he was the son oh in Who's the Boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This was nineteen eighty three with Judith Light yes. and Tony Danza. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, great flick. Yeah. Stephen King does it again. Oh, but yeah. the way they depicted those violent attacks by the dog on the car. Oh, yeah. It was just so realistic. What yeah. kind of car was it? It was a 1978 Ford Pinto roundabout. Yeah, built to withstand rabid dogs. That's a good one. Good pick, Cha. 
Actually, number 58 on the Bravo's 100 uh, Scariest Movie Countdown. There it is. Yep. Cujo. Got to see you Cujo. Go. All right. Okay, this next one, uh, what number are we at? Number 17. 17. Now, I had to kind of uh, push to have this one on here because I, for some reason, this one just gave me the creeps. <laughs> um, it's The Ring. Yeah. What's that? I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Well, then I'm going to show you this one. Uh, yeah, 2002, The Ring. It's actually a, a remake from a Japanese horror film. Ringu. Ringu. Um, but it, it's just creepy how this this little girl is portrayed. I mean, backstory is this girl is drowned in a well. I won't go into all the details of how she ends up there, but she's drowned in a well and she wants to take revenge. And there's this videotape of her emerging from the well. The catch is... If you watch this videotape and you watch this movie, you die within seven days, unless you pass the videotape on to a few more people and have them watch it, and then the curse is lifted from you. Now, do you have to rewind the tape first before you pass on? Be kind. Please rewind. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I guess I guess you would. Well, you put it in the machine and you're at the end and there's nothing on here. It's not rewind. Well, they had to make copies. They had to make copies and then hand out to other people. Uh, I see. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but anyway, it just the way the way she staggers toward uh, the screen is just creepy. <clears throat> cool. Do you know how they came about the naming the movie? What the Japanese version or the American version? Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, Russ. <laughs> Whatever, Russ. <laughs> no, it was the. It, a lot of people think it's um, uh, the phone ringing. You know the phone. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it was the repetitive nature of the plot. How it's just a, a constant circle. Oh, I Ring. see. Oh, yeah, the more you know. Well, thank you. Thank mm. you for sharing that. Yes. Cool. Cool. Coming in at number 16. I know you like this one too. Oh, Ode. it gives me chills. The Descent. That one scene in it. Anyway, set it up. What's The Descent? Well, it's about a group of girls uh, that get together um, to go spelunking. Uh, cave exploring. That's right. And, and they go to this unexplored cave and uh while the, while they're down there they encounter let's just say some very strange creatures and you know the the actors didn't know what those creatures were going to look like until they actually encountered them on set because the director wanted to have real reaction from them about how crazy these things looked that's awesome and they're actually humanoid so uh, they're not like monsters, but they're humanoid. But they they lived they they live and breed down there. Yeah, and the, you know the one scene that drives oh, me. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. if you're claustrophobic, this yeah, isn't the movie no, for you. I can't even watch that. I, I I mean, it's very few things I can't watch, but that one I just feel very uncomfortable watching that scene. Well, what which, what is it? Which well, scene? there's there's like a there's like a flat rock and a space for her to crawl through, and just enough for her head to fit through. Yeah. And it's like she's like on a rock table, but then there's a rock ceiling above her. Yeah. And the space is only like eight, nine inches. Yeah. And she's crawling through to get through. And all of a sudden, the rocks start to rumble. It's like, oh, oh, oh my God. And I can't, she, I can't even watch. Pinned. And yeah. she's getting pinned in there. I was like, oh. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's, that's crazy. The uh, director, Neil Marshall, suggested that the girls were actually the, the villains in the movie because the, the creatures had their own little society going on under there, not bothering anybody, and they were reacting to their presence there. Right. And also, 
when they did the filming for this, they didn't do it in a real cave. Uh, they built a cave on set. Well, that's better. Yeah, well, I felt better afterwards when I saw that. But when I first saw <laughs> the actual scene, it was like, oh, my God. And you got to understand, when you're watching this movie, it's pitch black under there. All they have are the lights on their helmet. And once those batteries start to go, like these creatures thrive in the darkness. That's what they're used to because they can't see. Right. And it's terrifying. All right. Number 15. Uh, I put this one on The Strangers, 2008. The thing that freaked me out the most about this was when they look outside and there's those three people standing there just staring at the house. So what's the premise? I mean, you're, you're <clears throat> talking about a scene. People can't put it together. What's well, it about? These, for those that haven't seen it. These people are at home in this uh, farmhouse. Mm-hmm. and Out in the middle of nowhere. Out in the middle of nowhere. And they look outside and all this, there's three people out there just standing. But the difference is they're standing there with masks on. Very simple masks. Uh, the one guy's got like a sack pulled over his head, um, and the other two have are girls, and they have just simple female masks on. You sure it wasn't the Jehovah Witness? <clears throat> yeah, it could have been. <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're just standing there staring, and you know they call out to them, and there's no response, and they're they're, they're just stand and watch. And then eventually they try to get into the house. So it's a home. You know what? In, it's a home invasion movie. It's a home invasion. Yeah, but you know movie. what though? That, is, that does sound pretty freaky. Oh yeah, it does. And then they finally get into the house and they tie them up. And the guy says, "Why are you doing this to us?" And I love this one line from the movie: "Why are you doing this to us?" And the guy says, "Because you were home." There it is. Yikes! Yeah, huh. that was Liv Tyler, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a it's a freaky movie. It's yeah, it Strangers, cool. two thousand eight. You know what the, those hoods remind me of? I just watched a movie recently called. Have you ever heard of the town that dreaded sundown? I have not. I have not either. Okay, well we'll talk about it another time. But the same thing, kind of a hood with a rope tied around it, that kind of mask. Hmm. Very freaky. Anyway, okay, next one, number oh, fourteen. Come, I mean, 14. come on, come on. This is yours, right, Quicks? Yeah. Well. It is now. It is yeah, now. We'll I, all talk about it. But, I mean, Blair Witch Project. The, I mean, how, how can that not make the list? Is that scary or what? Yeah, I just rewatched it. Actually, I rewatched Blair Witch when I realized at the end it was the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> then I watched Blair Witch Project. Both of them are freaky. But the Blair Witch Project, unbelievable. Not one special effect in the entire movie. And it scares the crap out of you. I think that's why it scares you. It's just... It's just had, so common. It's not like not aliens or anything like that. It's just just common see, stuff. That that's a good scare. I, I don't know. I'm not a big I'm not a big slasher fan, fan and gore. I mean, but Blair Witch. I mean, it was all in your imagination, really. Did you know that the three actors who were in it weren't told until later that the Blair Witch legend was made up? While they were acting, they thought it was a real legend uh, in the area that they were in. Well, that was all the hype. That was a hype for the movie. I remember when I, I told you guys, when I watched this for the first time, I watched the, the documentary short before I watched the movie about the Witch of Burkittsville, and that's what it's about, right? Right. And uh, then I watched the movie. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Well, that's a true, this is based on true events? But it's not. Oh, it's no. completely fictional, but the way they set the movie up oh, and, and the see. marketing and everything, everybody gotcha. thought it was real. The girl, gotcha. the girl in, the, uh, in the movie, her mother, 
was getting condolence letters from her friends thinking that her daughter was actually dead. <laughs> that's, <laughs> well, that's, that's a, just plain stupid. Well, that was effective. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Her name is Heather Donahue. She was initially worried about the, the shoot because she was worried that the directors were planning to make a snuff film. She didn't want to show up. A snuff film. <laughs> no, really. She didn't want Holy to show up. smokes. Yeah, because that's how odd it was, right? Low, Very low budget. That's she cool. She thought they were going to do us. That's cool. I mean, I'm just out. saying that. that, that <laughs> <laughs> and throughout, and it's scary, but throughout the entire movie, not once do they show the witch. Oh, I know. You don't not have once. To. Now, they were supposed to. You know, the, the part where she's running away from the tent and she's like, what the hell is that? What yeah, the hell is yeah. that? The cameraman was supposed to pan to the left to show a quick glimpse of the witch. He forgot and just kept following her. And they, they didn't reshoot it because it was so effective the way she did it. They just left it in the way it was. Cameraman was probably scared too. Yeah, no kidding. Man. Yeah. yeah, when they're in the tent and you hear somebody calling from a distance. Oh my God, is that freaky? Oh, I know. You know what else is freaky? Yeah, the kids around the outside of the tent in the middle of the night. You hear the kids' voices. Do you remember that? Very, very low. Though. Oh my God, that was yeah. scary. Yeah. Sorry, John. Well, I was just going to say, you know what else is freaky? They said fuck 154 times in that movie. <laughs> Really? 154. Well, that's what made it so realistic. Yeah. I mean, the, the two guys, really, the, all three of them were, were excellent. You could, you could really believe that it was just, you know, footage that they had taken themselves without it being scripted. Also, the, as far as return on investment? Well, you know what the budget was? was $60,000. $60,000, $60, yeah. You know what it made? You ready? Yeah. $248 million. That's wow. a good return. Wow. And Artisan Entertainment actually acquired the movie for just $1.1 which Not is a great investment for them. Another good investment, absolutely. Yes. All right, what do we got? Well, the next one, uh, number 13. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Whose pick is that? That's, oh, that's come Queeks. on. That's one of my favorites. I mean, I'm a big fan of courtroom dramas anyway, but this one... Uh, <laughs> it's in a courtroom? Well... A, a big part of the movie is in the courtroom, but the scenes that refer back to the exorcism of Emily Rose are, are just, they're scary, man. If you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. But Jennifer Carpenter, you know, from Dexter, Jennifer Carpenter, right, yes, right. Dexter's sister. Yeah, she plays Emily Rose. And it, again, this one is based on actual events as well. Um, so what is it again? What's the synopsis? Synopsis is this girl is, is, uh, being haunted by demons. Okay. And, uh, uh, she's away at college when, when it starts happening to her. Um, and then she goes home and the family uh, gets the permission from the Catholic Church to have an exorcism performed because they deemed her to be possessed. And the court, so what end, end up ha ends up happening is that the priest that actually performs the exorcism uh, is put on trial because I don't want to give a spoiler, but it, it happens early in the movie. Uh, Emily Rose dies from what they say is complications from the exorcism that actually killed her. And uh, so the whole movie really is the trial of the priest and the parents uh, for the murder of, of their daughter. Oh, what year was that? 2005. All right. Excellent movie. If you haven't seen it, I mean, just Jennifer Carpenter's performance alone, it's, uh, it's fascinating. But the... Uh, the, the family, the mother and the father, and two priests were actually charged 
in real life with manslaughter and sentenced to six months in jail with three years probation. Good movie. Good movie. I won't elaborate too much on this one, but it's one of my favorites, and uh, you got to see it. Okay. Well, the next one is actually one of your favorites. Oh, yeah, baby. So tell us about It Follows. I mean, now, see, this one's a little more, this one's a little more recent. So um, I know there's a lot of people that know about this movie, and there's a lot of people that don't know about this movie, but it is an absolute classic. It is eerie. So the whole premise is uh, there's a, is a uh, unstoppable entity that's, that is passed on through, through sex, basically. So if, if you've got this entity after you, the only way to pass it on is to have sex with someone, and it's, so it's sexually transmitted, basically, and it follows you until it captures you and kills you. So if you don't have sex before it kills you, you're toast. So what happens if it kills you? Where does it go then? That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> That's some deep shit. That's some deep shit. Oh, I know. No, no, no. It addresses that in the movie. Oh, does it? Okay. No, it addresses that in the movie. It does. I don't have that here, but... It, what happens is it goes back to the previous person. Oh, well, that sucks. That oh, sucks. my gosh. That sucks. So you, so you don't want to, like, have sex with some geek because he's never going to get laid. You're going to get... <laughs> right? That's a good point. Exactly. Like, yeah, absolutely. Wow. But it is terrifying. There's one scene, it's called <laughs> The Tall Man, where... And the, th- the, the thing is the entity, or the whatever you want to call it, um, can show up in any form. It could, be look, like, it could look like your mother... You know what I mean? It could show up in any form at all. <laughs> what were they smoking when they thought of this movie? Oh, it's fantastic. It's eerie. Do you know what the body count in that movie was? One. Two. <laughs> wasn't much. Two. Well, the girl at the very beginning, that's how the movie opens. This girl's freaking out and running from this thing. And they find her the next morning on the beach all twisted and destroyed. And uh, Nasty. Yeah, it, it's great. It's great, great movie. It follows. It's called. I recommend it. Well, right. Rotten Tomatoes, uh, I think, agrees with you because they ranked this film as the sixth most praised film of 2015. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. All right. You know what? Maybe that is. I wouldn't mind watching that one. I'm not into scary movies. I, oh, I think, you'd like that. I one. think I'm gonna watch that That's one. That's a good one. Yeah. That's really. All right. On to the next one. Number eleven. It's another one I just rewatched the other day. The Conjuring. Yeah, you like that one. I did. Well, yeah, the clap. Yeah, the clap. How many claps? Two. Yeah, two claps. Oh, yeah. the lights just went out. Here, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, back. <laughs> Leave it to O to have the clapper. Oh. <laughs> uh, moving on. It's very effective. Yeah, moving on. Now, this is another one that is supposedly based on true events. So there's this family called the Perones, and they move into this old farmhouse. But the farmhouse, uh, its history was that there was this witch called Bathsheba Sherman who lived in there. And the, the house has a whole history of people dying, freezing to death, suicides. There's lots of people that died in this house. And they start to become, um, you know, haunted by these uh, spirits and entities and the, the witch, and it's, it's, it's attacking them. So they bring in these paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are very famous in real life uh, for a number of different uh, paranormal activities, uh, including Amityville Horror and uh, The Conjuring and the whole series of both of them. Hmm. They were uh, the consultants on both of them. 
this one, though, is supposed to be based on true events, and it'll scare the crap out of you. When the movie was shown in the Philippines, some of the cinemas actually had to hire Catholic priests to bless the viewers before showing it. And this was because uh, some of the previous viewers had reported a negative presence after watching the film. And some priests had to also provide spiritual and psychological help to some of the viewers after the show. Wow. I love Vera Farmiga. Yeah, she's in this. She's really good. Oh, yeah. And Patrick Wilson. Both Patrick of them. Wilson. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah. Again, 2013, The Conjuring. There's actually a whole series of movies uh, from The Conjuring franchise. But but you know what? Sometimes you just got to leave it alone. I agree. And there's so many, like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, I mean, uh, Halloween, you can even say, even though I liked the last one. Yeah. Even then, you know. You did like the last one? Yeah, I went to see it how at many is, How many is that now? 11 total. That that includes Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which really didn't involve Michael Myers. And Rob Zombie did a couple, Halloween 1 and 2. Um, I like the Rob Zombie movies. Okay, so number 10. What's 10? Number 10. The Thing. The Thing. No. Do, do, do. No. And I put that one down. To be clear, John Carpenter's The Thing with Kurt Russell. 1982. Yes. Right. That, that's the, I'm sorry. That, that's the good one. That's a good one. Uh, just in case you haven't seen it, uh, quick synopsis. Uh, research team in Antarctica is uh, haunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. So there's only so many guys in this little outpost right in Antarctica. And, um, yeah. So you just, don't know who the bag is. You don't know no. who it is, who's, who's the alien. No. So it could be the guy that you, you know... That you've been living with for for months or however however long they've been there, but it, it, it's very e- eerie just because they are secluded, no help, no phones, no nothing, no cars. They can't go anywhere. They're they're stuck, and it's Antarctica. So you go outside, you can only last so long. You're gonna freeze to death. So they're stuck in this this outpost with this alien. I love how it opens too. Uh, the yeah, Norwegians. Yeah. The Norwegians are in a helicopter chasing this yeah. husky across the, across the snow, and they're shooting at this husky and. The guys in camp at the station can't figure out what the hell, why are they shooting at this dog? Right. And, uh, yeah, it's great. And the dog is actually the alien. Yeah. They're trying to catch it. Exactly. And uh, it goes into camp, and that's how it begins, right? You know, we can't. We have to say, though, we got we got to mention what, what movie that was a remake of. 1951. 51, and the thing was played by James Arnaz. Yeah, it was called The Thing from Another World. And you're right, James Arnaz, who is uh, Matt Dillon in the, in the series Gunsmoke. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell, John Carpenter was approached by Universal to do the thing before 1982, and he he was such a fan of the original. He said, "I don't know if I can do it justice. How do you make that that classic better?" And uh, it was the second attempt asking him that he actually gave in and said, "Okay, I'll do it." He did a great job. It was based on what what novel? Do you remember Who Goes There? That's who, what, who goes there? Who yep. goes there? Oh, no. very good. Yeah, short story. Who goes there? Now, mind you, can I give you a quick tidbit on what, hap- what happened with... <laughs> give us a tidbit. Well, the thing, when it opened in 1982, um, it opened to horrible results. That one and Blade Runner both opened up two weeks after E.T. Oh, one of the longest Kiss running. Yeah. of death. Like, everybody was, you know, uh, all, they all wanted to see E.T. And the thing and Blade Runner just got buried. They were box office bombs, really. Yeah, the the thing made just over three million on opening weekend. Yeah, nineteen is, million total. Yeah, which is <laughs> not very good. Yeah, not good at all. No. Do you remember the very first movie we rented for our new Betamax? 
In yeah, nineteen eighty, the thing. That's right. And Cheech and Chong's next movie, <laughs> two classics. Let's <laughs> not forget that. <laughs> two classics. <laughs> All right. Next one, number. We're down to what? Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Now this one. This one is again because it's based on very simple production. Uh, is scary as hell. Paranormal activity scared the crap out of me. Oh. I'm f- I can't watch it. I'm scared the crap out of I me. I can't watch it. Oh, it is. It's nasty. And you know what? Uh, one of the common things between this one and uh, the ring I found is the the use of black and white and dark infrared scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those. Scenes that were shot in the bedroom while they're sleeping, and then things start happening, the door's moving. It, it's just creepy as hell. Now, the other thing that is creepy, and I'll never have one in my house, is they open up the dark gate by using a Ouija board. And the Ouija board is what starts yeah. the whole Do thing. Do not mess with the Ouija Do board. Do not mess with the It's just scary stuff, man. Yes, Ouija but, uh, Steven Spielberg watched this movie and he had to stop halfway because he was so freaked I out. I heard that too, yeah. Yeah, he was so freaked <laughs> out by it. And he, he stopped watching it because it was at night. He waited till the next day when it was light out and watched the rest. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> Queeks, question for you. Um, take a guess. Paramount bought the domestic rights for the film and its sequels for how much? Just take a shot in the dark. I don't know. million bucks. 300000 and the sequels. And the sequels. Isn't that awesome? Wow. And there's been quite a few sequels. There was. There was. Or there were. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Goodbye. Okay. Number eight. Number eight. What do we got? Number eight. Number eight. The Amityville Horror. And no, it's not about a street walker from Amity. <laughs> That's horror. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 1979. <laughs> <laughs> he just got it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> true, another true story. All right. Uh, George Lutz, played by James Brolin, and uh, the wife was Mar- Margot Kidder. Margot that's Kidder, right. Canadian. That's yeah, right. Margot Kidder. Yeah. So that's pretty. It was a pretty scary movie. I loved uh, uh, Steiger's role in it, the priest, when he goes to the house. And uh, I, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows about the Amityville Horror. It's about a, a house in uh, Long Island, New York, real house. And it was, uh, apparently was the gateway to hell. Well, that's, again, that's another one that the Warrens investigated, the real-life Warrens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's these kind of movies that freak me out. Well, this was an actual event that happened in uh, November of 1974 at the Amityville Estate. Uh, the guy's name was Ronald J. DeFeo Jr. He killed his entire family while they were asleep. And uh, that's the uh, basis for this this story. George Lutz and his family purchased the home at a drastically reduced price of $80,000 due to the murders. Uh, they lasted only 28 days before they, they left it. Yeah, they actually wanted to stay in the house because they had a, a priest come and bless the house. And uh, when, the, when the priest got there, played by... Rod Steiger in the movie. Yeah, yeah. so they, they recreated it. Uh, when the priest got there he heard a voice from the room say get out yeah that was scary and the priest told the family in real life like do not sleep in that room <laughs> no kidding yeah so i mean it's it's like a, it's hard to believe well i mean after telling their story george and kathy lutz both took a lie detector test to prove their innocence 
You know what? They passed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty scary movie. I mean, if you, you like movies about uh, possession and that kind of that kind of stuff, this is a good one. You know it's who was classic. considered for uh, George Lutz? Who was considered? George Costanza. No. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have been pretty funny, though. No, Harrison Ford. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that would have been before Raiders. Raiders was, what, 1981, so two years before that. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, he said no. Obviously, he said no. You're right. Yeah. Actually, and you know what else too? Um, I remember just, they shot the whole movie in seven weeks. Do you wow. imagine that? Okay, I'm just thinking about Harrison Ford. I mean, why would he care? He just did Star Wars, um, Empire Strikes Back. He was probably filming Empire Strikes Back in 1979 because that came out in 1980, right? Right. Hell with Amityville. <laughs> well, you can see why he turned it down. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Now you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder, yes. And she actually is in uh, our number seven spot. And we all know. Black Christmas, Classic. 1974. And not to be confused with the re- crappy remake. No, this is the Canadian version. Canadian film, 1974, Black Christmas. That's right. That's um, right. John Saxon was in it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, great flick. Yeah, and I think, the, you know, this is about... Uh, these uh, sorority house, right? Yep. And there's murders happening, and they're trying to figure out who this guy is, and he keeps calling them on the phone, and the voice on the phone is just eerie. I mean, when when she's got them on the phone, and the cops are trying to track down where the call's coming from, and he keeps her on the phone, and Billy! Billy, where's that baby, Billy? Okay, that's just freaking me right out, okay? But that's, that's she's got to keep him on the phone. And the guy's running up and down the aisles at the phone company trying to trace the call. Then he finally gets it, and he calls the cops. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. I know, so I, I won't tell you. Let's just put it this way. Uh, Black Christmas, well, it... It was inspiration for When a Stranger Calls. Remember that with Carol Kane? Yes. When yeah, a Stranger they, Calls? They stole that. They, of course they did, but that's where they got it from, Black Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Remember who directed that? Uh, I, I do know who directed that. Uh, Bob Clark. Bob Clark, who also directed... A Christmas a, Story. A Christmas Story. Oh, oh now there's yeah. a movie. Yeah. He also directed Porky's, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Porky's. You like that, eh, John? <laughs> <laughs> another another franchise oh. yeah 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 black christmas classic love it you oh, gotta oh. you gotta watch it olivia hussey's really good in it the, the main actress yes and Kier delay and Kier delay Kier delay yeah, yeah. Film, good stuff film was shot in 40 days just thought i'd let let you know awesome 40 days i find that mind-boggling is when you see those numbers and how to put a movie together so quickly well, get good actors, I guess. I guess. Well, shot in 40 days. There's a lot of pre-production stuff that goes on way before. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great, great movie. All right. What's next? Number six. Well, Alien. 1979, the original. Come on. Classic. Ridley Scott's classic. And I'm sure there's some people who haven't seen it. But it's about this space merchant vessel that receives a distress call and they're responding to it. Mm-hmm. And they go, and somehow their ship is... Uh, well, one of the crew is attacked. Yeah, one of the crew is attacked yeah. by this alien. Right. And th- what happens is the 
it's called a face hugger in the movie where this thing attaches out to, of, yeah, it comes out of the egg, comes out of an egg and, and yeah. attached to the person's face, but it implants a seed or an egg uh, inside the person and it becomes a parasite and it grows inside the person. And then it explodes out their chest into the alien form. And it's, it's on this ship and they're trying to find it. And the aliens also hunting them. It is scary. It's a great movie. I love I love the the tagline. In space, no one can hear you scream. There you go. For the iconic uh, scene where the chest burster shoots out of John Hurt's torso, Ridley Scott wanted the best possible reaction from his cast. He deliberately kept details from all the actors aside from Hurt himself, so they didn't know what to expect. <laughs> no, that's the way he wanted it. They knew a creature was going to emerge. They had seen the puppet, and they were more than a little suspicious of the raincoats that they've been given to to wear. <laughs> Why am I wearing this raincoat? <laughs> they had no idea what kind of gore was in store. Their reaction to the bloody burst is completely genuine. And according to the Guardian, Yafet Koto, who played uh, Parker, shut himself in his room right after the scene and wouldn't even talk to anybody. <laughs> Traumatized. I mean, as if that would happen in real life anyway. Come on. Well, it's funny you say that. I mean, uh, I thought the same thing, and then I started... As you know, I look up uh, different things on uh, nature channels. <laughs> that's, that's what you do. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. And I found this, this thing's called a conopid fly, small fly, that hunts down bumblebees. And the bumblebee is the largest of the bees. So what this little fly does, which is much smaller than the bumblebee, it waits in areas where bumblebees frequent. And then it dive bombs them when it sees them. When it hits their abdomen, it injects an egg into the bumblebee's abdomen, and then flies away. Hmm. So eventually the egg starts to grow inside as a parasite and eats away the bumblebee. And what's fascinating is it takes over the bumblebee's behavior. The bumblebee then doesn't go back to the hive because it knows it's infected. And eventually the bumblebee is forced to fall on the ground and dig a hole and crawl in and create its own grave so that the parasite can survive the cold weather of the winter and then emerge in the spring as a fly from the dead bumblebee's body. Come on. I'm just telling you. So it sounds a lot like O'Bannon's, you know, parasitic chest-bursting death scene. Same for the bumblebee and the conifid fly. So it does happen. That is one wacky story. That's a weird and wacky world we live in, isn't <laughs> yes, it? Yes, it is. Yeah. You know the, you know the robot, the, um, uh, what is it, not a cyborg. He's, he looks like a, a human, but he's a robot. When he got Played by Ian Holm, who just died Ian this Holm. year. He did, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember when uh, his character got decapitated? In the yeah, movie? I do. There was a, a, an usher in, the, in a theater in London. He passed right out, right in the theater. No way. Yeah, he dropped right to the floor. Because he thought it was a real head? No, you just made him so queasy, the, the, so graphic, you know, all the fluid spitting all over the place. Yeah, he just dropped. Kind of funny. The android's name was Ash. And the innards that you're talking about that made your usher pass out there were made from milk, caviar, pasta, and marbles. That's what they use for the effect. Pretty, well, that's quite a unique recipe. <laughs> pretty gross. And it was pretty unfortunate for Ian Holm because he hated milk, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we're worried about, yeah, milk. <laughs> that's right, not the fact that his head's laying there <laughs> detached from his body. <laughs> and also, Sigourney Weaver beat out Meryl Streep for the role of Ripley. Oh, interesting. Yes. Those are two big, big oh, she's a big actress. And, yeah, not Well, 1979. Well, you know what? Meryl Streep's probably not uh, 
too bummed out about it. She won an Academy Award in 1979 for Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, yeah. So, you know what? Oh, yeah. She's not looking back. And, uh, hey, by the way, Sigourney Weaver was nominated for the character of Ripley in 1986 for the remake, Aliens. Oh. Yeah. So, two, bit of kudos. two good roles. Yep. Didn't win, but she was nominated. Okay. That What's... went to uh, Marley Matlin for Children of Lesser God in 1986. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> I, I still like my B story better. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, where were we? We're on number five. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Five countdown. Yeah. So number five is The Omen. So, yeah, The Omen, 1976, uh, starring Gregory Peck and Lee Remick. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. Do you know who the role was supposed to go to? Um, not, well, it wasn't supposed to go to. It was offered to Charlton Heston and William Holden before Gregory Peck. And uh, Gregory Peck was uh, 59 years old at the time, and he decided to take it for just $250,000, just a fraction of what he would normally get for some of his other roles, but uh, 10% of the film's gross as well. So it uh, it was quite successful. Oh, yeah. He did pretty well. That's smart. So it was way more than what he normally would have made. Um. But a lot of weird stuff went on in the Omen. You know what the Omen is about, right? It's Damien, which is a, a son of the devil, you know. 666. Yeah. And uh, Gregory Peck finds out that uh, his his son that has uh, the mark of the devil on him, on, on his scalp, the 666 marking. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got a, yeah, anyway. But it's a great movie, really good. Uh, the weirdest thing about the Omen is the, the, the events that happened around the production and after the production. A lot of weird things happened. Uh, on the first day of the shoot, several uh, crew members were in a car that was involved in a head-on collision. Gregory Peck and, and uh, one of the producers, Seltzer, both flew to England on airplanes that were struck by lightning during their flights, just eight hours apart. <laughs> stuff no. like that. Oh, yeah. Oh a lot of gosh. weird stuff. The weirdest, the weirdest one was an accident that happened two months after the Omen opened on Friday the 13th of August in 1976. John Richardson, the special effects designer uh, for The Omen, he's the one that uh, he did the effects. You remember, do you remember the sheet of glass slides off and cuts the, mm, slides off yes. the truck and yeah. cuts the guy's head off? Yes. He did a lot of the special effects. Anyway, he was in a, a car accident while he was working on, the, on a film, A Bridge Too Far, with his assistant. And he got into a car accident, and she was killed instantly. She was cut in half. And he crawled out of the car, and he looks at the, a sign on the side of the highway that said 66.6 miles to the town of Amen, O-M-M-E-N. Oh, my Weird gosh. stuff. Weird oh, my stuff. gosh. That gives you chills. Oh, weird wow. stuff. And yeah. that, that's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've got another true fact after the movie. David Warner kept his severed head for years until his divorce when his ex-wife obtained custody of it. No way. She wanted his head. <laughs> I'm sure she did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably put it on her mantle or something. Yeah, David Warner. Yeah, he was the dude that played the guy they had to say cut off. That's classic stuff. Yeah. But Actually, anyway, The Omen. Great, great, great movie. Love it. Fifth highest grossing now, movie of 76. It was. You know what my favorite movie from 76 was, though? No. The Bad News Bears. Oh, my. Yeah, I <laughs> and I could that. have said Rocky, but it's a similar story. Right? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Bad News Bears, great stuff. A couple and, of real scary movies. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> okay. Actually, Dick Van Dyke uh, turned down a role in that in that movie, too. 
Which movie? The Omen? Yeah. yeah. He, he was offered a role. He turned it down because he said the film was stupid. <laughs> his words. His wor- he said it's stupid. And then a piano fell on him. <laughs> there you go. All right. What do we want to move on? Oh, we're, in, we're into number four now. Number four. Again, Stephen King makes an appearance here. He doesn't make an appearance. Well, the ex- his, on our list. His, his work does an appearance on our list. Yeah. The Shining. Classic, classic. Here's Johnny. You know, you know when Jack Nicholson did that, he ad-libbed that. That wasn't written for him. He actually ad-libbed it, and uh, Kubrick watched it back and liked it so much he kept it in. Oh, it was perfect. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick had never made a, a horror movie up to that point, and boy, did he nail it or what. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Good old plays, Jack. Plays Jack Torrance. And Shelley Duvall, his wife, right? So it's about the Overlook Hotel. Um, and they're going to watch this hotel, uh, manage it basically through over the winter, right? And the hotel is, well, let's just say it's an evil place. It's, uh, it's haunted. Do you know what the real hotel's name was? What was it? It's the Stanley. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's and right. actually, Stephen King stayed there. Uh, and that's what inspired him to write The Shining. He had a, a, a bad dream one night. Uh, he saw his young son being chased down the hotel's hallway, and he was being chased by a huge fire hose, and it freaked him out. He woke up in a cold sweat and went out on the balcony and had a cigarette, and he couldn't go back to sleep. And uh, that's what inspired him to start thinking about he writing. He stayed there in 1973, right? Right, exactly. And he wrote, he wrote the story, the screenplay, in, in, or the story, it's not the screenplay, the story well, in it was, 77. It was actually the fall of 74 he stayed in the Stanley. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, All right. yeah the fall of All 74. Right. Yeah. And he checked into room number 217. That's right, and they changed. Well, he, there's an, here's another story. So they, they, now that you say 217, they changed the room, though, uh, to 237, right, in the movie. Mm. You know why? No. Well, there was speculation, this is just gets wacky, that Stanley Kubrick was involved in the faked moon landing in 1969. And it just so happens that the moon is 237,000 miles from Earth. Approximately. So, approximately. No, exactly. I measured it. <laughs> <laughs> so they say that's uh, Kubrick's... Uh, way of fessing up. Also, uh, the little boy, Danny Lloyd, um, who plays, um, what's his name? Danny Torrance. Danny Torrance. Anyway, Danny Lloyd in the movie is wearing a sweater in one scene that has a very predominant Apollo 11 uh, insignia on it. Hmm. That's crazy. Something's going on. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. Kubrick was in cahoots with NASA. See, there's another topic for a show we could do in the future. Like, What's the evidence of the fake moon landing? Oh, yeah. There's even a documentary on it. Oh, for sure. So we can maybe take a look at that for another show. Do you know that that kid, Danny Lloyd, uh, he never made another movie. And he did such a great job in it. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. He never made another movie. Yeah. That was his only one. Well, The Shining is another example of just suspenseful, like, fright. Like, because again, this is another movie, a body count of two. It's a frightening movie. Yeah, and I agree with Queeks. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the slasher. No, movies. no, no. You don't, you don't, have you don't to need be. it. No, yeah, yeah, you don't need it. 
Uh, you remember, and also, do you remember in uh, in The Shining when um, Jack Nicholson is uh, well, Jack Torrance in the movie uh, is typing out all all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Right. He's working on a novel, right? That's the whole idea. He's supposed to be working on a novel. It's five hundred pages of just that and all different fonts and characters. Apparently, Stanley Kubrick typed all that. <laughs> five. He had a lot of spare time. Apparently. Wow. Don't you hire somebody to do that stuff? You, you would think. You would think. But uh, that, that's the rumor that actually Stanley Kubrick did it. Huh. Yeah. And Stanley Kubrick. I mean, his other films, Space Odyssey. 2001. Yep. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right. We're down to our last three. Wow. Number three. Oh, come on. Psycho. Oh, come on. And again... This is uh, the original by Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, I mean... Right? 1960. Yeah, I mean, it's the only one to watch. Oh, it's... And you know what What made this, as well as the other two we're going to talk about, number one and number two, is the score, the music, and the sound mm -hmm. is everything. Um, originally, if you haven't seen Psycho... It's about, Watch it, first of all. Yeah, it's about this uh, woman who embezzles money from where she's, she's working and she... Works at a bank. Works at a bank. She goes on the run, ends up staying at this uh, motel, uh, the Bates Motel, where she meets... Uh, her ultimate demise. Her ultimate demise. And the shower scene, obviously, is the most, you know, oh. uh, famous scene. And the the sound that goes with it and the sound of the knife and... Her struggling, it's just, uh, it's, it's a classic scene in horror movies. Oh, for sure. You know, do you know what made that sound? I do. What? The so, we're talking about the shower scene, right? Yeah, the sound of the knife entering flesh? No, uh, the, oh. no, it's not music, but it's background sound. Right, what, right, right. What is it, Queeks? Go ahead. No, I thought you were going to say, what made the sound of the knife? It was going into a melon, but what yeah, are you going to oh, tell us? Yeah, that's how they made the sound. A group of violins just playing the same note over and over, a group of them. That's classic. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna yeah, you're gonna fact check fact check me on that one, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, I believe you. <laughs> I'll be fact checking you. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> Actually, one other thing you can check: the American Film Institute ranked Norman Bates as the number two in the top fiftiest uh, movie villains. Top number number two fiftiest. Top fiftiest. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. You said the top fiftiest. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. What's the matter with that? Oh, don't say anyways. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Top 50 greatest movie villains. All right, there you go. Where'd Hannibal Lecter come in? Who the hell talked about Hannibal Lecter? Well, because I think he's number on the one, 50. isn't he? I don't oh, know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Anthony Perkins was definitely typecast after that, but he said he doesn't regret it because it's made him famous. <laughs> yeah, he was spooky, man. Yeah. He was spooky. Yeah. And the woman was played by? Janet Lee. Janet Leigh, who was married to Tony Curtis. That's right. Yep. And we're going to do the connection. Oh, we can do it next. We can do it next. Oh, our number two. Oh, the connection. Our number two. Oh, come on. It's awesome. The connection there is? 1978's Halloween. And the starring role was? Jamie Lee Curtis. Daughter of? Tony Curtis and Janet Lee. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, what year? What year again was that? 1978. 1978. Yeah. Halloween. Just a classic. And again, there's another movie where the the score made the entire atmosphere of the movie even creepier. 
Well, wow. you know, you know how long it took him to write the, the, well, John, the compose John the score? Carpenter did that three days, three days. Yeah, John yeah. Carpenter did it at the last minute, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and actually, John Carpenter was only paid ten grand to write, direct, and score the film. <laughs> yeah, ten <laughs> grand. Yeah, wow. that's true. Probably yeah. spent that on the Uber ride home. Well, you were telling me yeah, the budget was so low for that they didn't have enough lighting equipment, so most oh. of these. Scenes look a little dark, and they thought, oh, this is the way they just wanted to provide atmosphere. No, no, no. They had to. Yeah, they didn't have enough money to get enough lights. (laughs) Absolutely. And I also told you that they had to do it in one day, not not the whole shoot, but over one day's period, because they didn't have a budget to do it over multiple days, right? Right. So it happened on one night, Halloween, the scariest night they could figure. That's awesome. You know what it was supposed to be called? You know what the original title of Halloween was? The Babysitter Murders. Oh, that's no good. No, that's no, no good. That's lame. Do you know what it was called in Italy? Because in Italy, they don't have Halloween. They don't know what the hell Halloween is. Uh, what was it? Witch's Night. Witch's Night. In Italy, yeah, because... Uh, huh. Actually, Deborah Hill is another person that worked for no salary and a percentage of the profits. So, I guess she did she, all right then. Oh, she's... Yeah, and be still getting paid. And because they didn't have any money for extensive costume and wardrobe, everybody had to use their own clothes. That, oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis bought her outfit for less than a hundred bucks at JCC Penney's. I think yeah, it was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she was the only teenager. Even though it was a story about teenagers in high school, she was the only one that was an actual teenager. Everybody else was older. Wow. Sounds like the story from Greece. Same similar thing. And I know we mentioned this on our last podcast, but we have to mention the inspiration or the origin of the mask for the shape. Um, yeah, we mentioned that. We yeah, we did mention that. We the, mentioned the yeah. previous podcast, but yeah. it was it's a Captain Kirk mask from William Shatner. But they tore off the eyebrows and it scarred it up a bit. But now, you see, there's William a little Shatner. bit. Of, yeah, but there's a I, you know after we did that podcast, I dug into that a little further. So some say. It came from a movie, 1975 movie called The Devil's Reign, like I mentioned before. Yeah, some of the things right? I said don't agree and with then that. Car- yeah, I know. And then some say, well, it was the death mask, right? It was called a death mask from Star Trek uh, that they uh, molded, you know, his face. I, I don't know. I don't know which one is right. Well, I, I mean, what we do know is that it was modeled after Captain Kirk. Oh, yeah, it was. It was, yeah. uh, <laughs> <And like laughs> it you, was Shatner. And like you said, let's find his scariest face. Go ahead, Cha. Shatner. Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Anyway, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween is a classic. And Jamie Lee Curtis, even after the first day of shooting, she didn't think she did very well. And she thought, okay, I guess my acting career is over because it was very early in her career. Yeah. And after the end of the day, the uh, director, John Carpenter, called her and said, I can't tell you how good you did today. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, we sat, uh, my son and I, we sat beside uh, Jamie Lee Curtis watching uh, the last version of Halloween at TIFF two years ago. TIFF. Tell yeah. people what TIFF is. Toronto International Film Festival. Right, which they're going, you know, they do it virtually this year, right? They did. Because yeah, of COVID. Mm. Yep. But, all right, we are down to our number one pick. And I think that we all pretty much agreed that this should be number one. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. 1973. Directed by William Friedkin. Uh, starring Linda Blair. Based on a novel by William Peter Blatty. And also starring Ellen Burstyn and Max von Sydow. The, the Exorcist. Exorcist. Oh, it's got to be number one. Just scary stuff. And it's time. People were fainting and uh, they, they were freaking out in the theater just how intense it was. 
because it was, at its time, one of the scariest movies ever. Oh, well, the first horror sure. film to be uh, nominated for uh, Best Picture. That's right. That's oh, right. Unbelievable. But, I mean, a lot of things happened uh, uh, in that movie, too. The weird things happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ellen Burstyn was, uh, she's almost crippled. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. they pulled her back on a harness yeah. uh, for a special effect, and she landed on her tailbone. Yeah. And to this day, she still has chronic problems with her back because of that, that instance. Um, Linda Blair had almost had a mental breakdown. Can't uh, imagine why. Oh, it's just, if you just see her in the, in the movie, it's, it's unbelievable. That is a scary movie. Yeah. That's one that I will watch every year at Halloween is The Exorcist. So other things that happened, uh, most of the set burned down except for Reagan's room where most of the filming took place. The whole thing See, down. this is why I don't watch scary movies, man. There's something to them. <laughs> when they first screened the, uh, the, the movie in Rome, uh, there was an old theater in between two churches, and lightning struck one of the churches on opening night, and the cross from the church fell into the plaza right in front of the theater. There you go. There's a little message for you. You think? You're yeah. making that up. I'm not making that up. You wow. S- you serious, Clark? You serious? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. This is why I don't watch scary movies. I'm sorry. That's yeah, great no, stuff. I mean, it, like I said, it was uh, had a huge impact on the audiences. I mean, heart attacks, miscarriages. Um, it, there, there was all different things happening from the audience perspective, which is pretty crazy. Come on out to the theater. Bring your family. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Anyway, that was number one. And oh, I think yeah. we agree with that one, right, guys? Oh, for sure. Yes, for sure. Now, there's a bunch of other ones that didn't make the list. That, you know, honorable mention goes to, you know, movies like The Babadook. Love The Babadook. Yep. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Scary Stuff. Leatherface. Scream. Oh, yeah. What, that's, a, that's an awesome one. What about Jaws? Oh, yeah. Jaws oh, you know another what? one. That killed me not to have it in the top 20. I know. Because I am like the ultimate Jaws fan. I love Jaws. One of my favorite films. I watch it once a month, probably. All right. And then the other one's Cabin in the Woods. Great flick. Get Out. Classic. Which is a very recent More one. More recent, but classic, yep. yep. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. I'll say the next one. Oh, I, w- I won't make you do it. No. Saturn 3. <laughs> Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. And I wanted to put it in the list, but these guys are like, I don't know, shot it down in flames. But It's only one reason you wanted Saturn 3 on the list. No, two. Okay, right, yeah. You know, that was the first time you saw Ferris Hooters. I, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's, that qualifies as a horror show for you? I... Just had an opportunity Remember? to put that movie on the list. So horror, <laughs> I know. But man, did she look good in that movie? Okay, continue. <laughs> Never mind. All right. And not to mention, like Harvey Keitel and Kirk Douglas were in it, but no, yeah. Farrah Fawcett and her Hooters. Yeah, That's there great. you go. Okay. Oh, you know she looked good. I do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next, and then Eden Lake. Greg, you were one. Talking. Eden Lake. That is one disturbing movie. And then. Uh, Again, a very recent one, A Quiet Place. Love that movie. Which really did well. Yeah, it's great, great premise as well. So listen, this uh, we're going to wrap up this segment. Just, just This should give you some, uh, some help in picking out some scary movies if you're looking for some. Keep in mind, this is the, the Jabber Guys list. This is not an official, official list by any means. Um, and if you definitely want to go and uh, watch Saturn 3... Um, for two good reasons. What are those? <laughs> we covered that already. I think we did. I think we did. 
Anyway, that is another session of Weird and Wacky World, and uh, you just listened to Fearsome Flicks. So uh, watch for us on our website for new releases for both Weird and Wacky World and Inside Rock. We will be uh, putting the, our list in the show notes. Did you mention that? Yeah, the show notes are an important part because you can go and uh, just see a synopsis of the entire episode, also with some uh, links to some of the things that we've been talking about for further information. There you go. There you go. All right. All right, and with that, it's a wrap, and uh, we'll see you at our, our next uh, podcast. Signing off for Oat, Queeks, and Cha, the, the Jabber, Jabber Guys. guys. Remember to visit our website, jabberguys.com, to subscribe to our podcasts, Weird and Wacky World and Inside Rocks.